0: Stop. kick this let's, bitch off.
1: Let's do this.
0: Let's do <laughs> it. Let's uh, uh, fucking do it. or
1: make it happen.
0: Oh, well, all right. We're doing it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back once again to the Millennium Fandom. I'm your host, Michael the Bubby Easy Bubbers, here with the wonderful, amazing, uh, once again, your second time here, mm-hmm. Rhett Rose. Yeah,
1: that's me. Welcome back. I'm so excited to be here. It's... I... Hilarious. I'm
0: I'm so I'm actually really intrigued by this one. Yeah. Like when you first brought it up to me, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I started thinking about it more. I'm like, oh, this could be, this yeah. could get it's, fun. It's not
1: exactly the kind of stuff that you normally do.
0: No, no, it's not. But I still think it's fascinating because yeah. it's still, it's something that you have to love. Mm-hmm. For so for those who don't know what the <laughs> fuck we're going on for about, anyone who's not <laughs> the
1: two of us. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh psychology. Yeah. We're yep. gonna talk about psychology. Yeah. Because before we do though, <laughs> so because that brought that brought back the memory, <laughs> the reminder. Hey, Rhett, what are you drinking over there?
1: I right now, um I am I am starting off sober because it is very important I keep my head while I talk about this stuff. <laughs> um but right now I am just drinking a cranberry red bull.
0: It's my favorite
1: flavor of Red Bull.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, Fair right. enough. I am drinking a Toppling Goliath uh, Pseudo Sue Pale Ale.
1: Hell yeah, that's Chicago brand.
0: Uh, Decorah.
1: Is it Decorah? Decorah. But Iowa. It, well, sorry, it's named it's named after Sue the T Rex in Chicago
0: oh is that That's, what it is yes oh i yep. learned something yeah, today oh we're yeah. learning yeah oh we learn but
1: after this i am going to be drinking a gin and tonic with a midsummer solstice yeah Hen- hendrix brand yeah. gin that i love very oh, much
0: gorgeous gorgeous yes, gorgeous so okay good. so fantastic so we better get rolling then. let's so get can, rolling so i can get, get my you, gin
1: and tonic going get
0: your gin on <laughs> cool awesome all right so Now you are, this is something that's very near and dear to your heart Mm -hmm. because you do it professionally.
1: I do. Mm -hmm.
0: So, okay. So let's, let's kind of let people know what it is exactly. I'm going to stop once more Mm -hmm. because I told myself I was going to do this. I have to give a quick shout out to uh, a guy. uh, His name is Nick Bjerke, who hooked me up with this sweet ass microphone that I'm using right now currently in front of me. He hooked me up with this, he hooked me up with a mixer, that, so that way I can do more than two microphones at once. Great dude, he just out of the blue hooked me up. Did, I didn't even ask for this microphone, he just gave it to me, and I'm like, well, are you kidding me? Oh, that's awesome. It's a fantastic microphone, and hopefully, I, I mean, I can already hear the audio quality way better. So... That's so cool, dude. Hopefully, that pans out for everybody listening. But, okay, I digress. Again, thank you, Nick. Um, so, you do it professionally. Um, let's talk about how, how you kind of came into that. How did you get to, because I mean, me as a, as I, I ship stuff. Mm -hmm. I work in warehouse manufacturing that just kind of fell into my lap. I don't Mm -hmm. really feel like this is something that, that just kind of falls into your lap.
1: No. Um, so actually this is kind of a, it's a very interesting kind of thing that happened. Um, the, the story actually starts, uh, a lot earlier than I actually started. Um as in before I was born. Um my grandmother has a doctorate in psychology. Um okay. so she used to practice. She's retired now. Um and then she also has what's called um shoot, what is it? Um it's essentially like an extra degree beyond doctorate um, really? in specifically Adlerian psychology. Um which is someone by the name of Alfred Adler who started um he followed he followed after Freud, so okay. that kind of thing. Okay. Um, so she got her doctorate after her kids were born, um, and then my aunt, one of her daughters, went and also got her doctorate in psychology, also following Adlerian psychology. Okay. So, um, and then I have another aunt who has a master's in developmental psychology, um, and then I kind of just always grew up around it. Um, My aunts used me for multiple kind of like, oh, we have to try out these like, tests on someone we're gonna give them to this kid in our family um (laughs) my grandmother's doctoral thesis was on myself and one of my cousins (laughs) um and you were the lit
0: you were the family litmus test i was
1: the family litmus (laughs) test when my when my aunt was in grad school for her doctoral or not her doctoral um for her master's in developmental psychology she had to give tests like um the rorschach inkblot test and um what's called the tat test which is um essentially I'm going to show you a picture, look at it, tell me the story, tell me what happened before this, tell me what happens after this. Okay. That kind of thing. Sure. Um, It's called the thematic apperception test. Um, and then like a bunch of other things that that they had to essentially, here, I'm going to do this and I'm going to like record everything you say and then I'm going to analyze it and my professor is going to tell me how I did or like that kind of thing. Okay. Um, Basically practice, te- like practicing how the test goes and seeing, you know, how they analyze it and things okay. like that. Um, but yeah, so that was something that that I kind of had to get through. Like it was, it was always fun. Like it was always something and I was like, this is cool. I like this. Sure. Um, and then I took my first psychology class in high school. Okay. Um, and my mom taught at my high school and she was like, I think you need to take psychology and sociology. I think you're really going to like both of them.
0: Oh, awesome. And
1: I liked my sociology class, but I started psychology and was like, no, this is... This is it. Did your this mom, is everything.
0: Did your mom teach at the school? No.
1: Yeah. My mom taught English and journalism at the school. Okay. Um. So she knew like the psychology professor or the psychology teacher and was like, yeah, I think, I think you would enjoy this class. Okay. Um, so that was really cool. And then college, it was just like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I had enough people in the family to be able to say, this is how you get there. This is what you need to do. Um, all of that stuff. And then um, four years of college, I had a Bachelor of Arts in psychology and a Bachelor of Arts in creative writing, mostly just because I wanted the creative writing classes because those (laughs) were fun. Um, And then I immediately went to grad school and I did two years of um, counseling psychology classes, two years full time one year of um what's called an externship which is like an internship the they just had to separate it between the master's students and the doctoral students okay um because the doctoral students as an intern you get paid a little bit and uh, then the externs you didn't get paid anything
0: oh what the um, fuck?
1: Yeah, yeah i know they <laughs> they did reimburse our gas which is important because we had to do therapy in home um okay. so we were driving all over illinois um northwest uh, suburbs of Illinois uh, to right. do to do therapy in-house mm-hmm. um which was interesting um yeah and then I worked for a couple more years in a different clinic in Illinois and then I moved up here and I've been practicing for about two years here so nice um but I have a master's degree in counseling psychology with a concentration and working with children and adolescents um And in the state of Wisconsin, I am am a LPC, which is Licensed uh, Professional Counselor.
0: Damn, dude. Yeah. Holy cat's pajamas. Yeah. And you're how old?
1: I am 30.
0: Jesus. That is a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. You're kind of like... (laughs) I just spit out kids. That's what I do. (laughs) But apparently you're over here like just building a career before you're 30. Like that's, that's awesome. That's great. Like good on you, man. (laughs) Thank you. So it sounds like it, it kind of came pretty, I don't want to say easy, uh, but it seemed like it was natural enough in your environment Mm -hmm. that you were just like, uh, yeah,
1: Yeah, I I can do this. Yeah. I had a lot of people in my environment who had gone through it before for them to be able to say this is what you need to do you know here we can help you i lived with my grandparents when i was in grad school Mm -hmm. i had a doctorate level psychologist who i could go to and say hey i don't understand this theory and she could talk me through it oh so like i am dosed in privilege in this area it was it it was definitely easier for me to get into this field because i had Guides and I had helpers. Um, I had people who supported me through the process. I wouldn't have made it through without them.
0: Awesome. Cool. Does it ever make family gatherings weird?
1: all the time. Does it really? Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, we've all like,
0: I just, I wonder if like, <laughs> if like you guys get together and you said your aunt, your grandma, mm-hmm. you, um, and like, another aunt. Yeah. Oh, who, who all, who, all yeah practice yeah. psychology. Yeah. Like, I just wonder if like all of you guys are just kind of analyzing each other. No, um, no, that's
1: a, that's a thing that you talk about in grad school. You can't do that. You burn yourself out so fast. Oh, and really? also okay. like, you, it gets to a point where you're like, I don't want to I don't want to do this. <laughs> like I can't Fair. like, you know It's kind of one of those things where like as, it doesn't happen quite as often now because I don't live by my family quite as much Okay, um, but like I have some families some members of my family who don't um really uh, th- How do I want to say it more just along the lines of like they'll just come to me for childcare advice because I oh, sure. work with kids and teens, yeah, so yeah. they're like, "Oh, this is this is going on with my kid. What should I do?" And I'm like, "I don't want to tell you what to do because you're not going to listen to me because oh, I'm, really? I'm your, you know, cousin or yeah. I'm your child or whatever." Like, oh damn it. Yeah, I mean, but it's also a thing of like these people grew up, and I was just a little kid, and like, sure, you know, they, they o-
0: they're always going to see you as that,
1: right? And uh, you know, something that I'm not quite as sensitive about as I used to be is the fact I don't have any kids and mm-hmm. so people will be like well how can you tell me how to raise my kid if you don't have any kids yourself Oh shit! and like and like that's definitely something that i understand and something that i you know that's very fair but also i'm here to present the science i'm here to present you what studies show or yeah. what you know what i know about child development you are here to bring in your information about your child and we're going to work together to find something that works right. for your family um I've gotten better at navigating that question than oh, I when bet. i first started out I bet. and also i look a little older now like i used to look very young mm-hmm. um and so like people didn't believe that i was like licensed or that wow. i wasn't that i that, like that i had the had the education that i sure, that i have sure. so
0: oh my gosh yeah okay so l- let me ask you what steered you towards teens and adolescents as opposed to say maybe adults Um, or was it, was there really anything or, or was that kind of the thing that just kind of like fell into your lap or you kind of naturally gravitated that way?
1: A little bit of both. Um, I, I am the oldest of 21 cousins and the youngest is seven. Okay. So I just kind of like, was always around kids, always babysitting kids. So when I went into grad school, I was like, no, I'm not working with kids. I'm done with kids. (laughs) I don't want to do it. And then like I took... I took a developmental psych class and I was like, no, this totally makes sense. Like this is this totally makes sense. And so it just became a thing of like, no, I want to do child and adolescent stuff like also because when you're with adults and I don't want to.
0: It's OK, let it out. No, nope. I don't want to
1: shit on <laughs> adults because I'm an adult and I see I see a therapist because I love therapy. But, like, when you're seeing adults, all you can do is sit and talk to them. And when you're seeing kids, you can play games with them. (laughs) Like, I I get to sit on the ground and play games with kids. Or, like, sit and color or draw or, like, goof around. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just more fun. Yeah. And it also, like it gives me different avenues to work with someone sure um and so it both kind of naturally fell in my lap and then also was a thing that i kind of realized like no this is what i'm better at like when i have to sit and talk to somebody i get bored as shit
0: well right well even my boys mm -hmm. uh my two boys they see a counselor Mm -hmm. and i'd say oh you know how how how'd it go you don't have to tell me what you guys talked about but just you know how'd it go And, and they'd be like oh yeah we just you know we hung around and played video games for half an hour i'm like i'm i'm fucking sorry what what at <laughs> yeah. first i was i was like getting like so mad i'm like what the hell mm-hmm. what that we're paying this guy yeah however much money and he's just playing fucking video games with my kid but it's to build a level of trust mm-hmm. and relationships mm-hmm. so that way it develops like mm-hmm. it's not like that's that's what i think people may misconstrue yeah. therapy as it's like yep. oh i can go in for one session almost like a like massage therapy. Yeah,
1: right. That's not what it is. That's not <laughs> yes. what it is. Yes. it's
0: multiple sessions. You need to figure it out, build some trust, mm-hmm. and identify a problem.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, and I love that yeah. stuff.
0: I I think that's great. I I wonder though. Like, do you think? Do you think maybe because you saw, because you were looking at the kids and because you were around kids so much, did you maybe after you went to college, and you started d- seeing these things, you started identifying? Like, you're you like oh, maybe that theory would work with this cousin or this... The- um, like, maybe that's why this guy... This this it's, one was acting it's out. Not,
1: it's not so much like theory. It's more like, oh, this is why you act this way. So, yeah. you know, like when you see... um, What's a good example? When you see a kid... Like throwing a tantrum in a grocery store. You know, there's a lot of reasons why kids throw tantrums in a grocery store. It's a very normal thing that happens. I don't think there's a kid in the world who hasn't thrown a tantrum in a grocery store.
0: Yeah, I still throw tantrums. Yeah, no, it's fine.
1: You throw off that energy. (laughs) Um, But like, as I'm, you know, it's kind of a natural thing. You hear it, you're kind of just like along the lines of like, oh man, I wonder what's going on. And like in my head, it's always a thing of like, oh, okay, what not like i'm actively thinking about it but it's just kind of going on in the back of my head because i don't walk around analyzing people that's exhausting (laughs) oh my god pay me um but like you know i'll have the thought in my head of like oh i wonder what's going on and i'll hear the way the parent is talking to the child and i'll say like that's why this is happening because you are offering them candy bars to get back in back in the cart or like you know you're you know, not listening to them tell you, like, I have to go to the bathroom or like, you know, it's kind right. of one of those things of like, as an outsider, it's a lot easier for me to look at things and say like, hey, these are some things you might want to try. Oh, and, sure. Yeah, you've you may have tried them before, but let's try them consistently for a little while and yeah. see how they work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, nothing changes overnight.
0: No, absolutely not. And that's something I, I mean, it took it's it, it took months. Yeah. Months. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it was a very frustrating Months,
1: absolutely. But,
0: oh, Jesus Christ, was it worth every single goddamn penny? And yeah. we're—I mean, they're still going to see him, and he's yeah, sure. doing great work. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, absolutely, anybody. Just Jesus Christ, if you think you need to go see a therapist or a counselor or whatever, go, go, just do it. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. Um. So okay, so you're in it. You're you've been working probably full time now for mm-hmm. how long? Two years?
1: Uh, here. In this state for two years. Okay. I've been working in the field full time for about six years.
0: Okay. All right. Um, I mean, I, obviously, I'm not going to ask you to mm-hmm. divulge any details about any mm-hmm. any clients or anything like right. that. But I mean, it's got to be kind of tough, right? It's got to be draining. It is.
1: Um, it is a job that. It is a job that is sometimes thankless. Yeah, um, and it is a job that I wouldn't change anything about. Really, I I have a tattoo on my shoulder, mm-hmm. um, that's from an e. e. Cummings poem, and it is my favorite line of poetry. And it says, "I carry your heart with me. I carry it in my heart, and that is how I feel about every single kid that I meet with." kids that I saw in my first year of counseling, and I have no idea where they are now, and that breaks my heart, but every single kid I meet, I just want them to go and be as amazing as I think they are, and it is is an amazing job to have parents trust me with their kids and trust me to help their kids help themselves, and... I am honored every day that I get to do this job, but also sometimes it is exhausting.
0: I can only fucking imagine.
1: I, thankfully I live with an amazing roommate who's known me long enough and well enough to know that there are days I come home from work and I can't talk, Mm -hmm. because if I talk I'm going to be mean.
0: Oh, sure. Because
1: I have been listening all day, and I have been empathetic all day, and I don't have any empathy left to share so there are days i get home and i just have to be quiet for an hour Mm -hmm. so i like sit on the couch and watch a show with her and she doesn't bug me about it um which is really great and i don't think i give her nearly enough credit (laughs) because she's amazing um and then like then there are days when i get to see my little birdies fly and do amazing things and go off and i don't see them again and Mm -hmm while that's an amazing thing i'm so glad i don't have to see them again it's also a thing of like ooh, i wish i could i wish i could help yeah i want to i want to see you because i want to know where you go and i want to know you know how well you're doing so that's that's kind of the huge bummer of my job
0: so if any of her clients are listening (laughs) get at your boy (laughs) To, you know, fill up those DMs Slide into <laughs> her, slide into uh, their DMs And get after it Um, so Okay, that's, damn it That is, I can't Can't even imagine, because that's gotta I, I, I do feel The way even just with my kids and trying mm-hmm. to keep them calm and yeah. you know when the wife is having a bad day and she comes home and i'm already just tired and yeah. then i'd have to listen to all of them and i'm trying to comfort all of them and eventually i just want to fucking go away mm-hmm. i want to climb in that closet <laughs> fucking lock the door yeah let nobody know that i'm there mm-hmm. so i can't even imagine doing it you really have to have a love for it and mm-hmm. i, I clearly you do i mean jeez when you showed up you were just like bubbers here's here's some books that are like my favorite books that you <laughs> yeah. need to read which yes. again thank you so much of course let's talk about those books yeah. i'm excited to know about these books because yeah. you said one of them obviously great for teenagers yes. which i have one yes um he he i i am not afraid to divulge we had a scary year at least a year Mm -hmm. we had a very scary year with him um but he's come leaps and bounds yeah due to i think in part his counseling sure um but you also brought me another book that you thought uh, w- that I'm, I'm excited mm-hmm. because it was just like, how to deal with stress? And I'm like, oh, f- well, fuck, yes. Yeah. Lay yeah. it on me. Yeah. So um, let's talk about those. Yeah. I, um, hit me. Like what 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 about these books really, really does something for you?
1: Um, so the first book, um, it's called um, Get Out of My Life. But first, will you drive me and Cheryl to the mall? <laughs> right. um, and that is by Dr anthony wolf um i should have brought him upstairs that's okay um the second one i'm gonna have a harder time with the with the name but it's fine this one i refer i I tell people enough about like that i (laughs) that i remember um but it is a book essentially about translating between the parent brain and the teenager brain yeah because um most parents that i work with we will have a conversation about how one day their kid woke up and it was somebody completely new Oh, and they were sure. speaking a different language yep. and all of a sudden they were rude or all of a sudden like they didn't understand each other mm-hmm. and so this that book is a really amazing look at um essentially how the teenage brain changes so that you can understand as an adult and understand like oh why did my teenager scream at me about this little thing and then come back 10 minutes later and ask me to do something for them. Like why does that happen in the teenager brain? Why is that okay? And it go it goes into some really awesome detail and some very interesting kind of like examples and how to work with it. Um that book is hilarious. That book makes me laugh. I read awesome. that I read that book because um it's very interesting, very helpful, and also it it's interesting. It's good. It keeps me reading. Um,
0: Light, keeping it lighthearted too is yeah. so important
1: yeah especially when you're talking about something like this because yeah. for a lot of parents that transition from child to teen is very tough yeah because not only are you dealing with the fact that your child has changed and their personality is developing in a different way you also have to deal with the fact that this is a sign that your child is growing up and mm-hmm. you have to start letting a couple things go you have to start preparing to let them make decisions yeah and that is and when you're talking about something like that yep. it is really important to keep it lighthearted. hearted
0: y- yep. i yeah yeah i yeah
1: <laughs> um but yeah <laughs> i i love that book um and i also i also just really love working with teenagers like people give me such a weird look i told um one of the receptionists that when i first started working here in wisconsin really um and she was like Are you, like, okay? (laughs) Like, have you gotten checked Uh, recently? You
0: enjoy them?
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I love teenagers because they have no idea what's going on in their brains. And it makes perfect sense in their world. Their logic, they are so smart. That's the thing. Teenagers are crazy smart. Their logic is just very different. And they're they're so driven by emotions that their logic is fully emotional based. Oh, sure. So, So, like, you talk to a teenager... And like, if you talk to them in the right way, if you talk to them like, you're an adult, I'm here to listen to you, what you have to say is important, you can really connect with them and you can really like hear what they have to say and they always have some very interesting things going on in their heads. Mm-hmm. So I love working with teenagers because most of the teenagers that teenagers that I work with, most of them want help. Oh, They want to feel better. They don't like the way that they're feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody coming in and saying, I want help, is like, okay, yeah, we got this. We got this. You're going to do your homework. You're going to do great. I'm so excited. Like, And then you get the teens that their parents drag them in, and you're like, okay, this here one's going to be tough. Here this here one. We go. You know what? Here's our agreement. You're going to work on your stuff, and I'm going to tell your parents you don't have to come back anymore because you're going to work on your stuff.
0: Ah. You'd be surprised at how much of that is just like is almost just parenting is like negotiating oh absolutely to a degree like you got to give a little to to take a little you know what i mean
1: it's all compromise yeah that's the thing yeah and honestly some of the best advice that i give parents especially parents of like young kids is giving very simple choices Mm -hmm. do you want to wear the blue shoes or the yellow shoes giving that choice allows the child to understand that they have some say in what's going on with them yeah so that helps like okay they don't want to put on their coat okay do you want to wear your purple raincoat today or do you want to wear your blue raincoat today giving them that choice it makes no not an option instead they get to pick which raincoat they want yep. to wear yeah so like things like that and it also works with teenagers too like hey tell me what you think your punishment should be mm-hmm. you know you were you were out past curfew what do you think your punishment should be right and then you know they say the silly thing of like oh i lose my phone for a day like Okay, maybe. Here's what I'm thinking. You know, I'm thinking you're grounded for a week. How can we meet in the middle there? You know, so like having those kind of conversations <laughs> can be really can be really interesting. Oh
0: my god! No, I I laugh because it's already given me anxiety.
1: Oh, but <laughs> like, so no! Like, oh, god. It's, no, no, you're no, fine. Just
0: just because it's like it's like almost PTSD. <laughs>
1: But for the future. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> it's you're you're having it's some like, oh, having some God. worries. <laughs> <laughs> What's a flashback for but for the future?
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anxiety. Ah, yeah. uh, yes, it's that's anxiety. true. That's yeah. true. Sorry, yeah. sorry, everybody. Yeah. Okay. So, so we touched a little bit on <laughs> yeah. on, on the DH book. What's yeah. it, what's the stress book? Now, since we're on the on yeah. the subject of anxiety,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> so the stress book, why zebras don't get ulcers. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I love that title. Yeah, it's it's a very good title. Um, I forget the guy's first name, but his last name is something like Saposky S A P O K S K Y. Um
0: m-o-u-s-e exactly
1: um but yeah so that book is a very interesting study on what stress does to the body um and so it talks a lot about um like the hormones that get released throughout stress and how um our body's sympathetic and parasympathetic nerve system work together so like when you when we get anxious, mm-hmm. um, one of our systems turns on and the other one turns off. So essentially, it makes the heart start beating much faster. Um, our digestive system stops working because it's saying, like, we don't have time to create this energy. <laughs> so we just need to get rid of all this stuff so that we can go. Oh like, my we God. can go as fast as possible. Um, and so, they d- what's really interesting about this book is because he compares the stress of a human to the stress of a zebra. So like a zebra, they don't get anxiety. Zebra's anxieties is I'm going to run away from this lion right now. Their anxiety lasts for a very short amount of time.
0: Must be nice.
1: Yeah, right. But so like their anxiety either ends with living or with dying because the lion catches them. Whereas for humans, our anxiety lasts a lot longer because we are in a world that has a lot of important things going on our lion never truly leaves us alone um because even like good stress even like getting married or winning the lottery creates stress in your body yeah
0: because
1: yeah, yeah. you have new things to deal with because you have different changes going on in your life and so it talks about how um essentially how our bodies have changed and how we can start dealing with different ways different things that cause stress in our body okay it's very interesting i read it in college um and it's a book that i keep in my office because it's very good at teaching people about why it's important to to work on like letting go of anxiety okay this is not me saying calm down everything's fine oh yeah yeah this is me saying There are some reasons to work on anxiety there are some reasons to start letting that go because it is really tough on your system it is really tough to build up that amount of stress in your body and not have a way to get rid of it um so that's where like coping skills and um self-care come in pretty heavily
0: i think everybody i think everybody at some point has had so much stress that they've they've had that where they haven't been able to eat Mm -hmm. right or you know sleep very well or something you know like like i was telling you that like i was actually developing pain in my jaw because i was just developing so much stress within my shoulders that it just like a knot was forming it was just it was literally like every time like I would bend down to untie or tie my shoes. You could feel that pressure like in your jawline. I'm like, Oh, this is great. Mm -hmm. This is what being fucking 35 is like.
1: Yeah. I've had that happen to me a couple of times where like I will wake up and my jaw is so tight because I've been clenching my teeth all night. Mm. And I can always tell like that is a stress thing that happened to me. The first time that happened to me, I was in grad school and it was like a week before my final project was due. And then as soon as I turned in that final project, it just went away.
0: Oh, you bastard! So it
1: was like one of those things of like, of course, that's exactly what it is. And then it happened to me a couple of years ago, again because I was handling like a really tough case. Um, yeah, and I had some big stuff come up with it, and was like, oh my god! And it took about two months before I was able oh to like god. deal deal with it enough that like I could you know wake up without jaw pain again um but it took a lot of like self-care and a lot of processing and a lot of just kind of talking it over even with my therapist about like how can I deal with this Mm -hmm. how can I deal with the stress that's coming home with me because that's and that's such an important part of my job is being able to say, like, I'm leaving work at work today. Like, I'm not taking it home. I need to be able to yeah have fun with my friends or sit and play Animal Crossing and not worry <laughs> about shit. Like, it's it's so important to be able to, like, step away from it because otherwise I would be completely buried.
0: You know, just before just before we started recording this, I was mm. telling you about how I'm I'm struggling because I'm trying to integrate more music yeah. into the podcast. And yeah. I'm like, I wonder what I'm gonna do now. I think I've got to figure it figured out. I think it's yeah. just gonna be a lot of really mellow like wind Hell yeah. chimes. No, I love that. <laughs> Wind chimes throughout the entire just through the entire fucking thing. Because Jesus Christ,
1: this, yeah. we don't self
0: care, w- man. man. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I love it.
0: Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, how if I can get semi-personal yeah. and you don't have to divulge all of it. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you self-care? Like when you told me that, you know, when you're coming home and you've got a really bad day, you just need to you you need that hour mm-hmm. to disconnect. Yep. What do you do though? Like when you're when it maybe the day's not that bad, but you're like, uh, I just I need to like what do you do when you get mm-hmm. home? How how do you unplug? How do you take away?
1: Um I work pretty far away from where I live, which is nice for a couple reasons. Um, it makes it harder for me to run into my clients. Okay. Um, when I'm at home, like if I just have to go to the grocery store or whatever. Um, so that makes it really nice. Um, but then also, the hour is a really good time for me to kind of start distancing myself. So, depending on the day, I will listen to specific music or I will listen to an audiobook or a podcast. So, I'll start the distancing there. Okay. Um, and start working on like, okay, here's the pieces of my day that I liked. Here's the pieces of my day that could have gone better. Um, Here's the stuff that I got to work on tomorrow, that kind of thing. And then when I get home, um, I usually like to spend a little bit of time just kind of on my own, Um, either like changing out of my work clothes or like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and pet the cats. Um, (laughs) But like a a bunch of self-care for me is a a lot of like the creative stuff. So a Hmm. lot of writing, a lot of reading, um, drawing, doing doing a lot of art has become a really big piece for me. Awesome. Um, so that kind of stuff, and then also not to go back to the episode that we did before, but a big piece for me of my self care is playing tabletop role playing games. Sure. Because when I when I do when I am in therapy, any changes that happen are very small,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or they're not because of me. They're because of the person on the other couch making those changes. And while yeah. I am proud of them and excited for them, I want to be able to make change very quickly and make big change. Sure. And so when I am playing D&D or Monster of the Week or whatever game I'm playing, It's very easy to make big change in your world. It's very easy to say, like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go face that bad guy and I'm going to tear it down. So you kind
0: of get your fix there. I get get
1: my fix there. And it's also a way for me to distance. Like, my D&D characters don't need to worry about what the kids said in therapy yesterday. It's not something they need to think about. And so I can focus on, you know, this is the fun improv that I get to do. And then I get to go back to work and feel like, I am making change in both ways.
0: So you kind of live vicariously through your D&D character. I do. Absolutely. To to a degree. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I like it helps me compartmentalize, you know, in a way that allows me to distance myself from the tough things, but then also gives me space to think about it when I need it. Holy shit. Um, so when I have really hard days, Um, I will spend the day just kind of like, you know, thinking about like, you know, I have a game tomorrow. Oh, hi, kitty. Um, (laughs) I have a game tomorrow or here's the stuff that's happening soon. Or like, you know, I'll sit and write down history pieces of my characters or draw them or whatever. Like on a tough day, I go to those characters that I know like, hey, I know you don't have to think about this. So I want to spend some time with you so that I don't have to think about it. Um cool. Yeah, cool. I like it. It's fun for me. Well, well,
0: that that just seems like probably about the healthiest way to deal with that kind of thing because when you're when you're dealing with a lot of um I don't want to say like clout or like people's problems cuz that that sounds really insensitive. And that's not the case, but when when you're just when you're dealing with a lot weight. and you're trying, I like
1: to call it weight.
0: There you go. Thank you. Yes, weight. When you're dealing with a lot of weight and not all of it is yours, yeah. but you are you're trying your best. I feel like that is probably the most constructive way to do it. Mm-hmm. You're you're doing something positive, uh, creative, healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, I give you kudos. That's Thanks. great. Yes, uh, and for anybody mm-hmm. who doesn't know, uh, Rhett uh, hosted. My very first D D game.
1: Yes, I did. Which
0: if you go back a few episodes, you'll find it. <laughs> and uh it was great. And yeah. uh Rhett is fantastic. <laughs> so uh sorry, continue.
1: I think I think one of the most important things about that kind of idea is I step away from it, give myself space to calm down and deal and like kind of figure out where I am mentally mm-hmm. and like okay. I'm feeling okay now. And then I can step back to the problem and I can say, here's how I can handle this. Um, I don't want anyone to listen to this and think like, oh, you just walk away from your problems and you don't have to go back to them. A big piece of self-care is taking care of yourself, getting yourself to a space where, okay, I feel like I can handle this. And then you have a better idea of here's how I can break this into chunks or here's how I can, you know tackle this problem in a way I couldn't think about before. Yeah. Um giving yeah. giving your spouse self space to think about it is healthy and yeah. very important.
0: No, yeah, and that's just it too. A lot of problems that I feel like people come across, like, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. you don't have to deal with it right then, there, and now. Yeah. Like
1: a lot of stuff you can wait on a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, because that's how you make rash decisions mm-hmm. and make mistakes. And it's like exactly. it's best to just stop, take a breath Take a step back and say, can I deal with this now? Am I right in the right state of mind? If you're not, then it's okay. Fuck off for a bit, sit down, have a beer, cup of tea, whatever. <laughs> yeah and just just relax yeah. for a second.
1: Listen to some music. Take yeah, man. take ten minutes.
0: Ten minutes. Twenty minutes. I don't know. You do you. Take a day. Don't put it off for too long right that for it to become
1: the, a bigger problem you're just neglecting <laughs> at that point
0: let's not but do yeah. that
1: no I always like to say about 10 minutes because that's like god damn it you put on some music you put on you know maybe a short TV show that you like or that's gonna distract you and that gives you some space to kind of bring your emotions down get yourself back to a calm state and then at least think about like okay can I handle this right now what can I do about it do I have any ideas um you know and if the idea is okay i need to reach out to people great do that if the idea is i can't handle this right now okay figure out when you need to handle it by right and then you know figure out how to make that happen
0: so okay so those those are some great tips for anybody that's just dealing with some stuff and i mm-hmm. think could be really helpful but do you have anything that is kind of like i, I wouldn't i don't want to say like a generic sort of run of the mill <laughs> like self help sure. but do you have something that you've exp- that in your line of ex- experience that you have come across that you could say wow why aren't people doing this more often
1: Mm. i think yeah actually um took me a second (laughs) i think well you know it's it's hard to come up with something that works for everybody but i think the most important thing especially with um parents and their kids one of and it works for pretty much everybody too but I think one of the most important things you can say is this is what I heard and then like repeat back what you understood is that what you were trying to convey
0: oh holy shit
1: so telling somebody hey you know this bad thing happened I need help but you don't really like that's what they're trying to convey but you heard something different right it can be really helpful sorry I'm gonna sneeze (laughs) bless you thank you
0: Oh. Bless you again. Okay. You only get two. I
1: don't, oh dang. Um, yep. Use the two of them. Um, <laughs> you I met your
0: quota for the night. Shit.
1: Um, I think it's very helpful to share what you heard. Okay. Um, and what you understood from mm-hmm. what somebody else said, if you feel like maybe you have trouble communicating with that person, it works especially well with teenagers, but like learning how to say that and learning how to ask that question is a huge help in communication because that gives people the second chance to say no that's not what i meant let me try and say it again and then they'll say it in a different way okay um so essentially you go from you know getting in an argument because you just heard something insulting yeah And the other person was trying to say like i've just had a really bad day like it's not you putting weight on me it's my day has been garbage so far
0: oh sure
1: but i think i think what it all kind of comes down to is um communication like Mm -hmm. i think a lot of our stuff comes from communication um and ways that we fail or mistake communication Mm -hmm. um especially like in this age of technology don't have an important conversation via text. No, man.
0: Man, if you have... if Oh, God damn it. If anybody's listening to this podcast and hasn't figured that out yet, dude, let me tell you. Just don't. Just don't. Please. Pick up... Just fucking dial. Just dial it. Dial it. Use that advice that Rhett just gave you. Here's what I heard. Is this what you meant? hmm That's it. That will save you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, if I knew that. Mm-hmm. If I had that piece of advice...
1: <sighs> yeah. Damn it. I mean, it's it's a really good it's a really good way of checking what you're hearing versus what other people are saying.
0: Yeah, man.
1: Perspective is everything.
0: Everything.
1: And so you're gonna hear something different than people say sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's a good way to check both your perspective and the other person's understanding. Um and I mean teach that to your kids, teach that to your friends because that is if you can get people asking that. I feel like there's going to be a lot less disagreements. It's going to be a lot more of, oh, okay, I'm understanding where you're coming from now.
0: Right. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And and one thing I've I feel like that I try to do because I mean I I find that I a lot of how I react mm-hmm. and a lot of how I um um yeah react yeah. to things is. Uh, basically, how I viewed my own parents, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Especially uh, my dad growing up sure. because he was boisterous. He was loud, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And it wasn't until my late brother's death that he softened a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean. Sure. So I realized that it was kind of one of those striking moments. Like, no, you, this this isn't how you have to be. Then, yeah. like, you can be like this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like this. Is, so. It's weird for me growing up and being a father myself having to kind of unlearn some of those boisterous moments that I only have experienced as a quote-unquote father from my own. So, like, learning that I don't have to father the same way my father did is kind of mind-blowing.
1: It's tough. And the thing is, is that's how fatherhood was modeled for you for a long time. Yeah. And so that's what that's what fathers do air quotation
0: marks.
1: (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that moment of realizing like, this is not how I have to be is huge. Like if you don't have that, you're going to stay the same forever. Mm -hmm. But I think that's really important. And I like how you kind of made a difference between, um, react versus like responding. Um, because that is such a huge thing and it is very hard to like stop and take a breath and say how am i going to respond rather than how am i going to react. Oh
0: yeah. And I'm I'm that is something that i'm 100% working on cuz yeah. again because i
1: It's a journey, dude. I've
0: always I, I will freely admit and that's where i feel bad for my mm-hmm. eldest one because i was very reactive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was very reactive and i hated it. And like i look back at myself i'm like fuck. Yeah. I was an ass. I was a terrible like I don't want to say I was a terrible parent, but I could have been so much right. better. Yeah. And uh, to be a little bit more responsive. And I feel like through this journey of him going through counseling mm-hmm. and stuff, I myself have learned a great deal of how to communicate. Yeah. And I'm still trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Fuck, it's still tough. It's, it's always hard. a journey.
1: Yeah. No, it's never easy. No, like it's there's not. Because... Every day is a new challenge and emotions are difficult. And yeah. honestly, if I can give you another really awesome top, another awesome tip. Please. Um, When you feel emotional, you can say, I need to take a break. Oh, sure. You can walk away. Yeah. One of my favorite things to teach parents and their kids is hey, when either of you start getting angry, it's time to walk away. Mm-hmm. Everybody take a 10 minute break and then you get to come back and you get to talk about, hey, I was starting to feel angry. Here's where this was coming from. Let's figure out how we can work together on this. Um, because we nobody has good intelligent discussions when they're angry. No, exactly. We, yeah, we yeah. react. <laughs> we react, yes. Yeah. And that's exactly, uh, yeah, yes. But I think, I think that that's something that, we as adults kind of fall out of Mm
0: -hmm. like
1: i noticed like a lot of parents do like they expect their kids to handle their emotions and um you know always use their manners and be flexible and all Mm -hmm. this other stuff and a lot of parents have difficulty doing those things themselves they Mm -hmm. are not modeling for their kids here's how you be flexible Mm -hmm. here's how you deal with your emotions here's how you stay polite for parents dealing with emotions, it's old hat to us. We've been doing it forever. So, and
0: here's the thing: is that yeah. is that tough? Is that tough? Like you, you as a professional mm-hmm. and and working with kids, do you is that is that probably the biggest struggle right now? Is seeing this generational divide between mm-hmm. parents who are like, "Well, this is how I grew up," and it's very like, barp, 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 and we're realizing we're we're turning mm-hmm. age, turning of age to where we're like, no, like fuck's sake, yeah. you, you can cry. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Like, yeah. like is that is that a struggle? Are you seeing that a um, lot?
1: Not a lot. I, just, I do definitely see it. Um, okay. I've had um, in the past I've had to deal with like explaining gender roles and why very strict gender roles can be toxic to kids. Okay. Um, so discussing the ability for boys to be able to say, ow, that hurt. I'm going to cry about it or even like on the girl's side, hey, they shouldn't have to take care of all their younger siblings all the time Mm. because there are other siblings that can help. There are older boys who can help with this. Oh, sure. Um, So kind of helping parents understand how gender is fluid um, and how, you know, some some things may feel more feminine and more masculine, but that's not really how they work. Right. Um, the LGBT journey has been amazing. I've had to explain to some parents about, um, that journey. Um, you know, yeah, a lot of it, I deal with a lot of parents who, um, talk about, like, spanking and all of that kind of stuff. And that's kind of a fine line for me. I'm a mandated reporter, so if I hear anything about a child being hit with an object or, um, you know, any kind of abuse I have to report it immediately um and so there's always that discussion about like okay here's here's what spanking is and here's why we don't see a lot of progress with it we don't see a lot of like positive things coming out of it yeah and so there's like that's kind of where my big discussions come from a lot um but then yeah I see every so often I'll deal with parents who just don't believe in therapy which is super fun to have that conversation oh, and like yeah great yeah it's great <laughs> it's great you what's nice is that it's usually paired with a parent who does believe in therapy and that's oh, why they're okay. there okay. but it is always it is always a fun conversation okay. of like okay
0: yeah this okay. is great this is, this is be what good. you believe
1: in that i'm gonna talk to you about like <laughs> I understand but also <laughs>
0: can't we just bathe him in essential oils
1: <laughs> well not even that more, just more along the lines of like pull yourself up by your bootstraps Ugh. like just stop being lazy which is a word that I fucking hate <laughs> like
0: <laughs> the, the
1: thing that I always try to keep in mind because I find that it helps me stay positive with kids who are maybe frustrating or yeah, yeah. you know have a lot of difficulties so they have a hard time with stuff um, it's a it's from a book that i read called the explosive child i cannot remember who wrote it so my apologies um but it the the quote is if a child can do well they will Mm -hmm. and so when a child is struggling or you know being frustrating or anything like that it is not because they want to be frustrating it is because they lack the skill to complete the task that you're asking them to do okay For some reason, it's not computing. Um, So, you know, you ask your kid to clean their room and they won't do it. What's standing in the way? Is it the fact that they don't have regulation on their screen time? so they just go and sit on their screen all the time that's not being lazy that's you not regulating your kids yep. <laughs> because their brains don't have the capability to do that they're never going to say okay i did my half hour of screen time i'm going to put the ipad away and now i'm going to clean my room nope it's not that, how it works that
0: is not how it works
1: i mean l- as us as adults it's hard to put our phones down and Fuck. like focus like I'm sorry, my room's a mess because right? I don't have regulation on my screen time, okay? I'm a
0: full-grown fucking adult. I, I know. know
1: That's like, not something I do. Yeah, or is it because your child feels overwhelmed by the mess? They sure. look at it and they start freaking out, like, where do I even begin? Sure. So we as adults have to teach them here's how you break it down so first you're going to go through and pick up all the clothes or you are going to start here and then do this for 10 minutes and then do this for 10 minutes so like we as adults have failed on teaching our kids these kind of skills um and so that's kind of where my job comes in (laughs) i get to teach those skills
0: oh my gosh that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. And you have to have, like, I, I imagine your toolbox is just, like, ridiculously <laughs> fucking huge. Because kind of like you were saying, there's no there's no blanket cure. Yeah. There's, there's no, oh, yeah. like, you can't just be like, oh, here's your generic, here's yeah. your generic whatever pillbox. It's yeah. like, no, man. Like, you gotta, you have to craft. Yeah. You really have to craft. Yeah. Because that's something that even I've struggled with. I've got three kids and each one of them has been incredibly different and is incredibly different. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's tough, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think one of, I think that's one of the hard things about being a parent because the kids, I have not met a single family where all the kids are the same or even (laughs) like two of them are the same. Um, you're going to have a million different personalities in there, but, um, it, i have so much respect for parents and that's why i don't think i will ever be one (laughs) because i i i like to i like to tell the parents that will laugh at this i will like you know because you kind of you you vibe with parents after a while but like i like to tell the ones that that like i vibe with like yeah i love kids just not in my house (laughs) i and i really do i love kids you know
0: what's funny about that me too
1: <laughs> Weird um, <laughs> But like I love kids Like at an hour a time Yeah right. Like I just
0: Small doses Yes yeah, Small, small doses. doses Small doses Small oh my doses Small doses uh, Not the ones that wake you up In the middle of the fucking no. night Because they're like I need water I Literally <laughs> You
1: know You know where the kitchen is
0: <laughs> Literally just happened last night Okay I'm
1: sure <laughs> uh,
0: Love my little girl
1: Yeah <laughs> Oh
0: Jesus Christ Okay I don't Damn it, because it it feels like because we've been talking about this for at least forty five minutes now. Wow,
1: time goes by. I
0: know, but I feel like we've hardly even scratched the we surface. We haven't.
1: We haven't. I haven't so, even opened up my notebook. I
0: noticed. I know she brought up a notebook, and it's a, <laughs> so okay, so let's let's start let's start chugging this along because yeah. I mean you did bring your notebook, so I feel like you've it's got just something. Like, it's
1: just like one page. It's but
0: what have you got in there? Let's let's talk so, about what's in there.
1: I wanted to talk a little bit about the um. I am what's called kind of an eclectic therapist, which essentially means I know, a, I know a decent amount about a lot of different theories and I use them kind of ad hoc for the person.
0: You're enough to be dangerous in all yeah, fields. Yeah, basically.
1: Um, <laughs> but like, so I, the school that I went to, um, works primarily with what's called, um, CBT therapy or CBT. So cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay. That is a therapy that is um, very heavily based in research. It's really awesome, especially when working with anxiety and depression. Okay. But that is something that is a little more like step-by-step. Step. Pretty much everyone gets the same steps. Okay. And you go through it. And it essentially teaches you how to look at your brain and say, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to do this other thing. This other thing that's healthier. And it teaches you how to do that. Um, and that works really well sometimes doesn't Mm -hmm. work for everybody Mm -hmm. so there's lots of different types of therapy i took classes on existential therapies which are like you know really thinking about the universe thinking about like our place in the universe things like that oh cool yeah um and then i took some other classes about other types of therapy cbt was the big one i had one whole class on that all the other ones were covered in like classes that shove them together (laughs) my um my family follows my family my family of therapists um, (laughs) follows the adlerian theory which as i said was started by a man named alfred adler out of um i believe vienna um and so he specialized in kind of this idea of social interest and i'm going to open my notebook here because it's the one thing that i was like i have to write this down
0: yes because
1: it it's a german word And I have heard it a million times, but I can never remember it because it's (laughs) god-awful long. Oh, I'm excited. And so the word is fuel.
0: Bless you.
1: Yeah. Sorry. fuel. Okay. And so what it means is basically the idea of social feeling, community feeling, social interest. Okay.
0: Okay. So
1: Alfred Adler, among other things, believed very much so that... The that each individual person is striving for superiority. Um partly compensating for feelings of inferior inferiority. Okay. So when we are unable to accomplish something, we feel inferior. Mm-hmm. When we are able to accomplish something, we feel superior. Oh, sure. Um, a lot of from what he believes, a lot of things that we do, like anxiety or depression or Um, even like the bigger ones of like um, bipolar disorder or things like that come out of, we develop them to suit the needs of our surroundings. Um, So kind of the idea of like, I have this depression because, not because I chose it, this is all kind of a subconscious thing, but because it helps me fit into my environment, because it gets me something that I need out of my environment. So I develop this depression... Of course, I'm not saying that you chose to develop a depression, but, like, your mind chose to do this because you needed something from it. So it's kind of the idea of, you know, through your life, you find meaning kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, So Adler believed that the individual is unique and personality structure, including unique goals and ways of striving for it, through expression of life is a product of creativity. Um, So basically saying that our goals and what we do with our lives is a product of what we become. Um, The way that we use our creativity, the way that we use our energy, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, we cannot really consider any individual issue or any individual themselves apart from the community. So everything that we deal with, everything that goes well for us, everything that goes negatively for us comes from our sense of community. So okay. all issues, all everything that we deal with, even just the feeling of like I don't feel like I'm good enough, yeah, comes from our community around us. It comes from our environment.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: So, okay, you know, you grow you grew up with parents who told you all the time that you were not good enough so your feeling of inferiority comes from your parents sure comes from that environment of your parents telling you this not from your brain not from just you thinking that about yourself it comes from the fact that you heard that growing up Mm -hmm. it comes from the fact that you know you act this way around other people and so they start throwing this at you and so then you react to that everything comes from the community around us which i find like right now I think that it fits really well for what's happening in the world right now Oh
0: Jesus Christ I was was literally just thinking that I'm like yeah I think we've all got a sense of community and it's all just dreadful
1: but I think what I really like about Adler is that in his theory a lot of what he believes is that through social interaction through like positive interaction between people we learn how to feel better So when you create that, um, what we call in the business rapport, or as you said, like mutual respect and understanding, and that helps us learn how to do better. So just through relationships with people, we are able to heal ourselves, which I love. Like I, I think that socially, when we are able to be kind to one another and we are able to listen... And truly honor the other person that we're listening to we find ways to start dealing with the thoughts in our head in a different way oh for sure we start being able to speak back to that angry voice in our head and say no that's not true Mm -hmm. you know because this person cares about me or because i've learned how to care about myself um a big a big piece of it is also kind of the idea of volunteering and helping out in your community um, which I think really does help make people feel better. I think if you're able to volunteer and do good in your community, it becomes a lot easier to feel good about yourself.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um,
1: because you're making change. And yeah. I think that that's huge.
0: And the other thing you're donating is your time.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, it's not costing you a dime. Right. I mean, you're just out there and, and you can see the, the really the... Uh, the benefits of your labor mm-hmm. almost immediately yeah. so you get that almost almost that instant gratification yeah absolutely while building that sense of community
1: mm-hmm. fuck
0: you know <laughs> i knew that doing this it would be fascinating as hell and i am like i'm still just trying to process a lot of it I, like i'm actually really excited to actually go back and listen through all this and be like oh yeah that's right oh, like yeah. I'm, I'm gonna pull out my own fucking notebook and start like, oh yeah here's what i do with my youngest son okay
1: <laughs> oh my goodness oh. don't give me that kind of power
0: <laughs> too late too late oh, it's already on here it's already on my poodle, it's already on my computer oh yeah. my gosh okay <laughs> yeah I, I got nothing else cool. i i'm like i i'm fascinated because we could go we could. I, I have no doubt that we could go because again i feel like we've only scratched the surface and super fascinating as hell and i think it's awesome because it's something that i feel like everybody can relate to mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. so it's awesome thank you god of damn course. it thank you so much this is great i really hope that somebody finds some help out yeah. of this i know i will for sure <laughs> um before we leave though as always the more you know (laughs) have you seen anything in the last uh last little bit i I, you know i'm gonna challenge you i'm gonna say since the last time you were on this podcast
1: oh no actually that makes it easier (laughs) okay
0: good okay so hit me what what since the last time you were on this podcast have you experienced that you think our listeners might enjoy
1: um so I sped through the Umbrella Academy season two. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah? Uh, yes. Um, there were a lot of really cool things that happened and I was very excited about it. Um, that was amazing. And then also one that I've been rewatching um, is a, of course, a D&D actual play um, uh, video thing. Um it's called Dimension 20. It's on college humor and it's amazing. Um their first season was Fantasy High, which is essentially like a John Hughes high school D&D campaign, but everybody is, you know, in the forgotten realms and dnd times it's amazing it's hilarious um, so is it
0: all like live action yeah well oh it's my.
1: like it's actual play so like they're playing and telling the story and oh. so you watch them play oh. and like all okay. that stuff okay okay um so i've really fun. been enjoying that um yeah yeah it's super fun um and then geez i wanted to talk about a book that i've been oh i just started reading house of leaves which is a super thick book yeah and crazy interesting and very weird but it was recommended to me by a couple of our friends okay um and so i haven't gotten that far into it because it's 670 pages or something like ah. that but it's it's very interesting it's like two different stories told at once i think so.
0: i've heard that mm-hmm. heard that floating around mm-hmm. a little bit so yeah. it's kind of got me a little intrigued mm-hmm. too so what was the um oh six of crows Six of Crows
1: is also a very good book. That's another Um, one I need to read. And I just finished Middlesex, which is another book. Very good. Very interesting. Um, A very interesting book about a um, Greek family, I believe. Yes, Greek. Um, (laughs) It took me a second. I had to remember. No worries. Um, But it's crazy interesting about um, a family and this girl... Who is born into this family and kind of her progression through life and discovering that she is an intersex person.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, so interesting.
1: Yeah, and it takes place in like the seventies and eighties and stuff. Oh, so like it's the it's great. very yeah, the, it's the... very interesting. It's not biographical in any way, but okay. it's okay. but it is a very interesting novel, especially when when considering, you know, civil rights and stuff. <laughs>
0: That whole thing, you know, yeah. that fun. Well, everybody stuff. knows that the seventies and eighties were a great time for that. Super great, super great,
1: super great. great. <laughs> it's awesome. um But yeah, so <laughs> it's no, that book is very good. But
0: awesome, yeah. cool.
1: Um, can I do? Can I do one more thing? One more, one more yeah, thing that up. I wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Hit me um, up. kind of just as someone who has been on both sides of the couch, has been in therapy themselves, and has done therapy. Um, one thing that is really important if you are, if you want to meet with a therapist is keep in mind that not everyone is going to be a good fit. You are allowed to say, "Oh, sure, you are not a good therapist for me and then try and find somebody else. Most likely that, uh, that therapist is willing to give you referrals, Mm -hmm. um, to say like, here are some other people that might be a better fit for you. Um, I have met with lots of different therapists and I can tell you some of them are, some of them I gel with very well and some of them I don't and that's okay because my style is not going to work with everybody and that person's style might not work with you and that's okay it's much more about finding somebody that you can trust somebody who you gel with somebody who gets you yeah rather than okay i'm just going to sit in therapy and i'm going to get through it yeah you want to be able to have a comfortable relationship with somebody and somebody that you can trust you don't want like you know somebody who you really don't like sitting sitting there telling you what you should try or you know bouncing ideas off them like my i found for me personally my brand of therapists that i really like um are very artsy (laughs) so my current right my current therapist is actually also an art therapist along with being an lpc and she and i don't do any art but She's she has this attitude that most art therapists have. It's just like, yeah, we're just gonna have we're just gonna sit back and we're just gonna talk and it's gonna be fine. Sure. Whereas like I've had other therapists who are much more medical and much more like, oh. okay, we're gonna we're gonna just go da 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 and there's no, you know, kind of interplay. There's it's it's very different. So it's okay to say you're not a good fit for me and move sure. on. Every therapist has had that happen to them and they are not going to get offended.
0: It's more about finding just like, yeah. Don't give up. Yeah. Just keep trying. Yeah. You took the first step, don't stop there.
1: Yeah. It's it is okay to say this is not a good fit for me. Um and find somebody else. That's awesome. Find somebody who you're really gonna do well with because that relationship is huge.
0: That's a fucking good piece of advice. Because I can only imagine how many people are like, Yeah, fine, I'll do therapy. And then they just find out that the therapists yeah. like they just don't work. And so mm-hmm. then they just
1: give up. Just turn Thera- them off. Yeah. Therapy didn't work for me.
0: Yep. Yep. Just done. No. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Red, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this was awesome. Yeah. This was fascinating as all get out. Thank um, you for
1: having me. Thank
0: you for coming on. Uh we're gonna have to do another one about something yeah i don't know if it i'll can send be a-
1: you some more ideas <laughs> fantastic i'm
0: always open i'm yeah. al- you know what And if anybody else is listening and you're in the area fucking hit me up if you got something you want to talk about let me know let me know i am always open i love talking to people about this kind of <laughs> shit so let's fucking do it rhett thank you so much for being here
1: thank you for having me Let's
0: let's go meet up with some more friends and have some beers.
1: Yeah, I gotta drink my gin and tonic now. Gin and tonic. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> thanks everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>